Welcome to today's episode of Let Me Be Brief. I am your host, Andy Rieger of Jay Rieger & Co. We are in the Let It Fly Media Studios, joined as always by the lovely Jackie Wise of M-Prize Bank. Tucker Franklin is on the computer running the show today. Today's guest is someone who is very near and dear, not only to me, but hopefully to you, the listener, as well. Today, we're flipping the tables. I am interviewing Matt Basinger, wow. normally my co-host. Matt runs SwellSpark here in Kansas City, and they have locations all across the country. He's going to tell you all about that, though. But apparently, we've had some listeners that have wanted us to interview each other and know more about who we are. This is accurate. And so we are giving the power to the people. Matt, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me, single host Andy. Thank you, Matt. How does it feel sitting on the other side of the table? It is weird. I don't know which side is my good side or my bad side, or if they're both the bad side, they but are, it, this is exciting for they're me. They're both bad. Yes. Matt, SwellSpark. Yes. Rather than asking you what you do, what are the brands of SwellSpark that the public is really going to know, and what do they do? Yeah, so we have Breakout, uh, and that has a different name depending on the market we're in. So we're in Honolulu, Kansas City, Omaha. Breakout KC is what we're known here in, in Kansas City. Blade & Timber is a national brand ranging from Honolulu to Nashville. And uh, we have Sinker's Lounge, which is upscale indoor mini golf that is opening in February of 2022. And so, again, when we're talking about axe throwing... Yep. You didn't talk about what this is true. I you told you the brands. I told you the brands. Well, I think the initial question is important though, because what we do can be defined as escape rooms on the breakout side or axe throwing bar on Bladen Timber or mini golf here. But I think what we really focus on is gathering people for shared experiences and making it easy for folks to have fun. There are not enough places to go have fun in Kansas City. That was kind of the impetus of how we started in the first place. So these are kind of I'm going to be frank with you. These are kind of weird yeah. things to be a part of. Yeah. You know, th these aren't normal brain concepts. This is where I want to go with it. How did you get into all of this? I think on accident. I mean, my background was education, right? So I didn't go to business school. I didn't start. Like, we so have you're in education, and the first thing you do is you start creating rooms that you lock people in. Yes. Well, my first thing that I did was Mass Street Soda, uh, which did was a soda shop. Did you give lots of detention slips, uh, by the way, when you were an educator? Not many. Because Not it many. would seem like that would carry forward. I was a high school guidance counselor, and I taught co some courses in college. But you know, I, when I think back to how I had fun as a kid, it was rel relatively non-traditional. Oftentimes, like my friends and I, we just didn't do like we weren't in the party scene. We were doing things like running golf carts around Overland Park or lawn chairing on the side of the road. And so, I think we've always enjoyed some of this like kind of non-traditional entertainment. Um, but my, my background, right? So my dad was in parks and recreation. My mom owned a small business. And so what I've realized now in my thirties is like, I really took what they did, which is this kind of recreation atmosphere in the small business. And then that made me into who I am in some weird, fun way, but different from your brand, right? Like when you go and you try a gin or a whiskey, inevitably what people are often doing is they're saying, man, this, I like this better than. XYZ other company that we won't name. But by creating these non-traditional, unique you could entertainment experiences, uh, folks don't have as much of a comparable experience. And so they're coming in, they're saying, oh my gosh, I've never gone axe throwing in my life. That was so much more fun than I would have ever anticipated that being. So, so let's focus on that right there. What are you competing against? Or, I mean, same thing goes, how are you getting customers to walk in the door if it's something that's not part of their normal yeah, routine? Yeah, I mean, it may sound rude, but we're competing against ignorance. Like, we're competing against people who are uh, afraid to try something new. 
it's uh, when, when people are going out, they're saying, hey, do you want to go to Top Golf, right? Because that's very predictable. We know what golf is. We've done that before. Or do we want to go do this thing that we might not be very good at? Do we want to try this whole new experience? And so our market and the way that it works is really fascinating because when we first opened a brand new concept, we opened Blade & Timber in 2017, we were seeing your, your prototypical early adopters. We were seeing the folks who waited in line for the first iPhone. We were seeing people who got that new shiny thing and wanted to be the thing that got the person to tell their friends about this brand new thing that they'd never experienced. Now that that concept is four years old, we're starting to see the folks who they wanted to wait and see until they had 300 Yelp reviews or 500 Google reviews. And all of a sudden they're like, you know, I think we should try ax throwing because we've seen so many of our friends already have fun with it. You have also an interesting approach to how you do things. I've seen firsthand your corporate headquarters. You guys make a lot of this shit yourselves. Yeah, It's not like uh, you can go online and just buy the axe-throwing business kit or yep. you can go buy the breakout room setup and someone comes and installs it. Yeah, Talk about sort of how you've well, taken you, it to the next you level. You can, right? Like you can do those things, but... Um, you have to realize like where I come from and, and I don't come from a place of business. I don't come a pla from a place like when we started this, this was a side job, mailbox money. Hopefully this is successful on the weekends type of thing. I had a steady job as a high school guidance counselor. Uh, and so there was not a lot of foresight. There was not a lot of planning. But when we got into the uh, escape room industry, we really wanted to start to customize. And where was and, your and first location of your Kansas escape room? City River Market, right? So like and that area was not great, even in 2015 when we first opened. But when we started wanting to differentiate ourselves from other folks who were trying to copy us or other people who were in the industry across the country, we, the only way to do that was to go more custom, to go more specific, to, to create things that were very intentional to these thematic rooms that we were making. And so we went to a local fabrication shop and we had them... We're like, hey, can you create this kind of bizarre prop for us? And they're like, we've never done anything like that. We're like, I know, we, we give it a shot. Well, they started making things for us to the point that they couldn't even take on other clients. And so as we were growing, we grew to six locations with Breakout KC. So now all of a sudden it was like, hey, can you make six of these? Can you make 12 of these? And we ended up just buying this whole fabrication shop out of Kansas City and bringing them all on board as staff members. And for me, uh, being a creative uh, the, the ability to go in and rapid prototype and be like, hey, I want to create a door that goes up instead of sideways, or I want to do this. And to be able to do that in real time and not have to go to uh, create RFPs for outside companies and to be able to move really, really quickly um, has been really important for us. And, and I think as, you, as you've seen, like we're in very niche industries. And so going fast is really important. When one of these concepts becomes popular in a Toronto or a New York, we have to be first to market. And so the ability to have a, a 30,000 square foot fabrication shop in the heart of the West Bottoms and to be able to make these things quickly has been paramount to our growth and success. And, it, and it's, it's interesting because we always talk about building businesses and mm -hmm. you know there's so much of the, the behind the scenes, the structure that goes on, but you're literally building the things. Yeah. Do you find that your success as a company is because of you guys having to take that extra step and having to work harder or do you ever find that as a, a business owner that sometimes maybe that's not the core of your business and you're mm -hmm. really this, this retail execution concept mm -hmm. and you should, you know, you could maybe grow faster on the retail side if you didn't have to also be the 
person who is coming up with how does the door go up as opposed sure. to to the side? Yeah, I mean, I think there there's a number of ways that we could get better at business. And I, and I one of my favorite things about being in business is realizing how little I know. And and that's kind of a weird thing to say publicly and a weird thing to say out loud, but. I've loved the Kansas City business community because it is teaching me in real time on a daily basis, like, oh, wow, this is what efficiency should look like for this sector of our company, or this is how we can do this better. But I think in the early stages, the ability to, like our second store was in Hawaii, which we can get to that here shortly, but the ability to pre yeah, You're famous, you've been on a TV show. There it is, yeah. Uh, the House ability owners, Hawaii. To, <laughs> I am famous in Hawaii, it's, it's really fun. The ability to pre-build and pre-design the things we do, flat pack them, put on pallets, and then have the same folks who, who built them in Kansas City go install them in Honolulu. Like it's, it also just creates this amazing company culture where we are all incredibly invested in what we do from A to Z. Um, and I, I think there's times where we probably could save a couple dollars by doing it a different way, but there's a lot of times where we save a couple dollars by doing it the way that we do it. But to have folks in our, in our company who are in design and marketing and operations and in physical fabrication and to be able to have this cohesive unit where we get to see the product from like conception to actually opening, it's just, it's fun. And for being a company that stands for having fun, uh, it's been a really enjoyable process for us to go through that. Right. It's, it's fun when you have a lot of different facets of your business because then you can dip your toes in a lot of different things yeah. and even be more flexible in how you want to execute it. How do you come up with your next concept? What is the process like with that? Granted, you can build everything yourself, yeah. but you know, just rinsing and repeating a breakout room, coming up with a new format for a breakout room, that's just the general development of the business over the course of time. Yeah. But coming up with then the axe throwing or the mini golf mm -hmm. or, you know, but you're doing these things in different ways. What is your process like in deciding what the next thing is well, that you guys are going to get into. I think a pivotal moment for us. So we opened our first escape room in Kansas City in 2015. By 2016, we were the top rated escape room in the country. Uh, and so we actually got tagged by uh, an experiential entertainment company in Singapore, which was where escape rooms started. But they, they got in touch with us and they said, hey, you all have, have mastered the North American market. We want you to come show what escape rooms really are like now and bring them back to Singapore. And so we got to build our escape rooms. We got to go out to Singapore, install them in Singapore. And as bizarre as it, like we had a lot of people who are like, oh, you got to be aware because Singapore is a very different market than Kansas City at the time we were open in Honolulu as well. And everywhere that we go somewhere new, people are like, oh, the people are here are different. Like that might not work. You might have to. And what we have found universally is that people like to have fun. And I know that sounds really No, dumb. I get it. It sounds really simple. But I think once we really realized that, it opened our eyes, not just locally, but like internationally to what are people doing for fun all over the place. And so escape rooms originated in Southeast Asia. Axe throwing originated in Canada. This mini golf wave that I think we're going to see really got its roots in Europe. Um, we had a pop-up back in 2019 called Choir Bar that I think we'll end up doing again. We got that from Adelaide, Australia. And so part of my role, which has been really fun, is it's a, what I have to do is travel. What I have to do is be mindful, be a part of these international organizations, and see what people are doing literally all over the world for fun. And asking the question like, okay, if folks love that in Germany, why wouldn't they love it in Kansas City? And more often than not, what we have found is they will. Can we talk about the business? Let's talk about the business. What has it been like from both a startup, mm -hmm. initial capital, 
where you're at today, investors, business partners, what's sort of the trajectory been for the listeners to be able to, they've heard all yeah. about this and what you've done and where you're at today, but how did you get there? Yeah, we were completely self-funded. And so when we started Breakout, I had two other partners. I've since bought out both of them. They're amazing folks who had different goals and aspirations for what they wanted to do long-term. Um, but again, I didn't come from capital raising. I, I'm just learning now what a lot of that means. Um, but we, we opened our first store and we started selling a lot of tickets to come to Breakout. And um, I was making more money than I was as a high school guidance counselor, which was already enough. And so we've always had this mindset of just reinvesting into the business. And I think being a futurist, realizing like, oh, we no, we can actually build a business. Like we can build something that is longstanding, that has roots that can grow. And so um, 2017 was when we took some of the revenue that we took from Breakout and decided to launch Blade and Timber. And uh, it was about 2017, 2018 as well that we started to realize the importance of having like a really good bank partner. It's fun being here with Emprise Bank uh, because they do so much of that in Kansas City. Um, but now we're at 10 stores ranging from Honolulu to Nashville now. And we've realized time after time, we are hitting the nail on the head with the concepts that we create and with what we're doing. But I think we're also realizing that in order to scale as rapidly as we believe that we're capable of operationally um, and from a leadership standpoint, we really do, we, we need to start looking at some better funding options to help us grow faster and to help us grow better. It, do you believe that's bank loans? Do you believe that is finding maybe a strategic equity partner? Where's your brain really go? Yeah, with, with Sinkers launching in 2022, early 2022, we, we have had so many folks who have come and said, we want to invest in you. We want to buy you. We want to do this. We want to do that. And what have, if Tiger Woods said that? <laughs> Tiger, Wo Tiger Woods is opening a competing brand against uh, Sinker's Lounge. And so my answer for Tiger is no. Um, Buy him out. <laughs> but, um, you know, we're going to be going after bank funding in early 2022 to help us grow. Um, we believe that by taking on, you know, a relatively small and a relatively safe revolving line of credit, we should be able to grow at double the speed that we've previously been capable of. And we've opened four stores in a year looking back at 2019. And so our goal for 2022 We've signed three leases. We should have a fourth, and I think we can start to double and scale that starting in 2023. We're filming this in December of 21. Yep. What was COVID like for your hands-on businesses? Well, I, I think back to times that you and I just sat in your conference room crying and like eating a cold turkey sandwich. And so there were a lot of tears. Uh, you, you, you were crying. COVID, I, I was, I was <laughs> you were just so much manlier. You were never crying during COVID, Andy. Um, <laughs> COVID sucked, man. Like, what was so hard is we were coming off the six best months that we had ever had as a company. We were starting to turn the corner. We had put in kind of a corporate structure, uh, like everything was clicking. The hardest part of COVID to a degree, obviously shutting down and going from what we were doing to no income at all was terrible. The hardest part is we had to refund all of the money that people had pre-booked. And so that was kind of like the double whammy and, and, you know, we try to keep two, three, four months in the coffers as far as being able to pay employees in the event that something goes wrong. And we realized like the second week, we're like, this isn't going to happen. Like, this is bad. We have a Seattle store, which was kind of, you know, patient zero for the U.S. And so I remember seeing how Seattle was reacting. And this was when Kansas City was still, oh, this is going to be fine. And, and we knew this is not going to be fine. Um, so we ended up, you know, one of the less proud moments, but we had to lay off all of our staff. Um, we went in and, and really that's how our friendship, right, formed uh, in, in many ways is we helped with the distribution of 
tens of thousands of bottles of hand sanitizer from Honolulu to Kansas City because that was a need. And that was, we had incredible systems in place where people could pre-book you know, experiences historically, but created where they could pre-book. Did you ever uh, imagine <laughs> that they would have an experience of purchasing hand sanitizer and it would be a story that they would tell everybody about? I can't tell you how many people showed up teary-eyed through our drive-through lines because they could not get it until that moment. And so I think for our staff who came and helped us do that, you know, to be able to provide still an experience and to provide something meaningful for folks in real time in the midst of a pandemic was a super formative thing for us. Um, and, and I think really helped us know and grow and understand what our role in Kansas City can and should be in its best form. That's amazing. Well, Matt, I'm going to ask your question because this is, as you always say, let me be brief. Let me be brief. What is the coolest thing that you have ever done? Not business and yep. not family. Yep. I've been very fortunate to travel a lot. You know, I, I had a big goal to see all 50 states before I turned 30. I was able to accomplish that. Um, but I, I think the coolest thing I've ever done is uh, at Ketchikan, Alaska. Uh, my wife, Emily, and I I've been there. got to take a helicopter tour. And this guy drives over and flies us through the mountains, you know, and drops us off. Glaciers. Glaciers. Glaciers, mountain. I mean, just it's just beautiful. And he lands in a place and he's like, I've never landed here before. You guys want to go down there? And we're like, yes. And he just drops us off and he's like, I'm going to go pick up the other couple. I'll be back in half an hour. Like, enjoy. If you see a bear, start yelling and put your arms up. And I think to see, like, to see land in a way that has never been touched by anybody ever and just to get to experience that for third, like knowing that it was 30 minutes, but knowing like- I assume the pilot to, came back. The pilot came, I'm here, right? No, we walked home, Andy. Huh. Um, Good for you. No, I, I think that was that was something that was really special. And, and we've had a number of travels that have been really cool, but that's one that certainly stands out as an experience that I'll cherish forever. That's amazing, I love it. So I'm gonna show you some cool pictures as soon as we get off air. For Andy and the Jay Rieger you don't, you don't do the outro, I'm watching this. I know. For Matt, as our guest, Matt, thank you for showing up today to the Let It Fly Media Studios. And as always, our wonderful Jackie Wise from M Prize Bank. Thank you for making all of this possible. My wonderful dog, Pepper, is sitting here at our feet. Matt, this has been absolutely amazing. And for the listeners, if you guys have anybody else that you want us to interview or you have any specific questions you want any of us, even the host, to address, feel free to let us know. Shoot us a note, social media, LinkedIn, email, whatever you want to. But Matt... This has been really enjoyable getting to do this with you. Thank you for the listener who asked that we interview each other. This has been a total blast. And everybody, this is the last episode we filmed for 2021. So cheers, buddy. As we're holding whiskeys in our hand, cheers. Cheers.